With 25% off all new and up to 70% off previously leased furnishings, do you really need a better reason to party? We don't think so. Come visit our new Court Furniture Clearance Center with more than 9,000 square feet of new and previously leased furniture and decor for your home and office. Sofas from $199.99, bedroom sets from $399.99, dining sets from $299.99, and more. Free food, prizes, and fun all weekend long at our Chantilly Court Furniture Clearance Center at 13946 Lee Jackson Memorial Highway or go online at courtclearancefurniture.com. Welcome to the Smart Driving Cars podcast. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the faculty chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi, Alan. Hi, Fred. Well, Alan, uh, we've got a really unfortunate story to talk about uh, this week, which is why we're we're out here a little bit early with this week's podcast. It's, of course, the the Uber crash that uh, killed a pedestrian. Uh, just a couple of days ago, and I'll let you, first of all, tell us what your thoughts are in general about this. Well, first of all, our, our, our most sincere condolences to uh, the victim and and her her family and friends. This is, of course, a, a tragic uh, uh, accident crash, and um, in some sense, uh, uh, it's it's a real, of course, it's a real shame. It comes a week after uh, exciting news with um, with the Waymo coming out and actually starting service of driverless um, uh, uh, service in autonomous vehicles, and now with this, with Uber out there basically um, having this crash, it's a. It's something that we've been expecting for all these years. We've known that it was going to happen. Uh, nothing is perfect, and um, now it has happened. And I think uh, the most important thing that we need to get out of this is to learn from it, so that we can improve the technology. Uh, we we know that uh, uh, that the technology is not perfect, and this gives us uh, um, an unfortunate way to um, to try to improve it. Now, of course, we don't know all of the details yet, but. Police in Arizona, where, where this happened, uh, are speaking out. Uh, some of the stories say the, the death of the pedestrian hit by the Uber vehicle uh, was was caused by the woman stepping out suddenly. Yes. Uh, well, raising the know, question, was, was there really anything wrong with with the technology? Uh, this A human couldn't avoid this. There was a human in the car as well, uh, an attendant. So the question is, is there something wrong with this? Uber, of course, has has canceled for the time being uh, all of its trials of self-driving vehicles uh, while the investigation is underway. But uh, I guess this raises questions. Well, Fred, what this does is uh, is really um, uh, provides us with an opportunity, uh, an opportunity to understand exactly what happened here. Uh, this vehicle that crashed into this pedestrian had uh, not only uh, uh, cameras, but LIDARs and radars and all those data uh, were stored and, and, and uh, are available to us to ex- understand exactly what happened in this, uh, in this tragic uh, crash. And my point is, is that all of these data needs to be released to everyone needs to be made public so that everyone can learn about this tragic um, uh, crash and can benefit from from it. 
the issue is here, maybe it was unavoidable. But in some sense, um, the system uh, must have uh, seen uh, this pedestrian. Maybe it was only one thirtieth of a sec- second before the, uh, the crash, or maybe it was two thirtieths of a second. But the issue is, is what did this system do with what it knew when and what did it try to do? <clears throat> the initial uh, report suggests that the brakes were not activated. Well, in some sense, uh, were they really not activated? Um, even if this, this, uh, saw this, uh, this, uh, pedestrian even a few thirtieths of a second, uh, before uh, the crash, um, what is it, uh, what is the delay process in activating the brakes? Uh, how do we make this better? Uh, how do we, um, uh, uh create, um, better algorithms, uh, to, uh, uh maybe, uh, not completely avoid this crash, but certainly mitigate it. And so uh, all of these uh, aspects of this uh, crash have to be made public. So everyone that is working to try to develop this technology has an opportunity to learn from this tragic uh, uh, crash that happened a few days ago. That's what's important. We need total transparency on this. We need um, we need to understand exactly what happened. Um, Uber may claim that if it uh, releases this information, it may release uh, also some intellectual property um, associated with it. Well, as far as I'm concerned, uh, they shouldn't have had the crash if they uh, don't want to release their intellectual property. Um, Forget about protecting your intellectual property. The, the idea here is, is to allow everybody who's trying to create this technology uh, to make it um, absolutely as safe as possible. And we should all be working together. Uh, we shouldn't be competing on safety. We should be cooperating on safety. And what's important here is that this information be made available to everyone who's working on this uh, so that, in fact, uh, Maybe um, the next time a similar situation occurs, uh, it won't be as tragic. There are some related stories to this that I'd like to get your reaction to. Um, one is uh, uh, from the London Telegraph, uh, a headline that reads, after Uber's fatal accident, is it the end for driverless cars? Well, n- no. I mean, there are just too many benefits. Nothing is perfect, and everybody has to realize that nothing is perfect. Uh, the tragic thing is here is that it was with a pedestrian and with a pedestrian with a bicycle. I mean, one can't, one can't almost imagine a worse uh, scenario. Uh, so, yes, this is very bad. Is this the Fukushima of, of, um, of uh, driverless cars? I don't think so. You know, uh, the... Uh, um, the tsunami that, uh, that destroyed the, the Fukushima nuclear power plant set nuclear power back 30 years. Um, I don't think that this is going to set uh, driverless cars uh, back 30 years. It will be somewhat of a setback, but in, some, in another sense, it will be a way to advance. The data associated with this crash should be released to everybody, and that will allow everybody to make their systems better. And that improves uh, the opportunity for the advancement of this technology, uh, does not retard it. 
There's another story that uh, is from Reuters that says fatal U.S. self-driving auto accident raises novel legal questions. Now, we've talked about well, this kind of issue before, and so have others, that that what are the legal ramifications of self-driving vehicles? And here we have a case. Well, I don't know. I mean, lawyers just want, want to be able to, uh, you know, uh, to make sure that they can, uh, you know, uh, uh, charge a client. I mean, you know, keeps uh, keeps the meter going. Um, no, there's no, there's no, uh, you know, legal aspect of this. It's Uber's vehicle. It's Uber's responsibility. It's Uber's crash. If if they're responsible for this thing, then you know they'll have to, uh, they they'll have to accept the liability. And in some sense, uh, probably they should reach out and. Uh, and uh, basically take care of this anyway from a financial point of view and maybe even make a contribution to the homeless and improve the whole homeless situation as part of it. If Uber really wanted to do something, uh, you know, the, that's one of the things that they should do if, in fact, uh, you know, all the initial stories of this do hold up uh, that this um, unfortunate woman um, was, um, uh, you know, uh, not, uh, uh, not a one percenter. Right. Uh, the victim, uh, Elaine Herzberg, she was 49 years old, walking a bicycle. And the reports have been that uh, she was homeless. And uh, what exactly happened? I guess we'll know more. But uh, there were cameras, as you said, on the vehicle. So police have already had a, a good look at that in their investigation. We should all be able so to. They're, get, they're getting data on this that you would not get in a typical accident. Absolutely. We should be able to exactly uh, reproduce exactly what happened, exactly what happened, uh, uh, what the what the motion of that uh, of that uh, woman was with her bicycle prior to that, uh, that crash and and what the vehicle was doing. And in a sense, we should be able to reconstruct that essentially precisely. And if uh, Uber does not release the data that allows us to do that, then then. Um, Uber should maybe, maybe get out of this business. Now, this happens uh, just before. In fact, I think it's just about exactly two weeks from now that uh, California is scheduled to begin allowing uh, truly driverless vehicle testing on, on public roads. What concerns do you have about the impact it may have there and uh, in other testing areas? Well, you know... <laughs> Again, without having all the data associated with this, you know, what may not be working on this is not the driverless piece. It's the collision avoidance piece that isn't working quite as well. Uh, you know, the brakes should have come on at least initially. It, it had to have seen, uh, this, uh, this pedestrian. I don't know, um, a half a second, a, a quarter of a second. Uh, and if the reaction time of the brakes is not uh, good enough uh, to uh, begin to apply in that amount of time, then basically maybe we should be working on better braking systems that do have uh, a quicker actuation time. Uh, so in some sense, and again, um, you know, I don't want to be suggesting outcomes of this thing, but for this thing, it is very important that all the data be made available as to exactly what happened here, uh, not only in terms of what the Uber vehicle knew and when it knew it and what it knew, but also what it did about what it knew. And so that is extremely important here. Um, this may not have been avoidable, 
Uh, and so, okay, that's fine, but at least we need to know that information so that um, if, if a similar situation occurs that may be avoidable, we could have prepared for it to make it avoidable. Now, with respect to the driverless, this was a self-driving uh, situation in which the technology has a driver behind the steering wheel ready to take over. How much uh, Uber's technology continues to rely on the capabilities of that human driver as opposed to uh, relying completely on the capabilities of the automated system, uh, Uber hasn't told us about that yet. Uh, so in a sense, uh, we don't know, but in a bit, uh, part of the situation that may exist with this one is that um, because there was a human in the loop, uh, the technology that was in the vehicle wasn't as good as it could be. Uh, don't know. Uh, but the vehicles that will be put on to the uh, California roads come April 1st, April 2nd, uh, won't have a person in there and will have the technology uh, designed so that, in fact, um, it can react to situations without needing a driver to intervene. That means um, uh, ho uh, that hopefully it's been designed uh, such that um, uh, it can it reacts essentially instantaneously uh, to um, uh, to situations uh, as they evolve. So we'll just have to wait and see. Again. Uh, uh, the, uh, the systems aren't perfect. Uh, they'll never be perfect. Uh, uh, nothing except for you, Fred, is perfect. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, um, uh, the benefits of the automation uh, still outweigh the, the risks that are involved. At least that's my opinion. And we should continue to move forward and learn, absolutely learn uh, from this tragic uh, crash. Uh, and that's the important thing that we must do now. And I don't know that we should really underestimate it, but how much worry do you have about the public relations damage that's been done here? We've seen stories and surveys for for months and months and months that uh, indicate that uh, a lot of people, uh, a large percentage of people, have worries about driverless cars, had them before this incident. And now the many people will obviously just read the headlines and, and think, well, that's that. Well, that's why it's important to be totally transparent here and to basically publish all the data associated with what happened as a lead up of this crash. And to just, you know, put the facts out there for everybody to basically uh, read and weep. And uh, certainly um, if people have expectations of uh, that these things are going to be absolutely perfect. Well, um, I guess they need to be educated that nothing is perfect. Um, they have to be asked, well, do you get into your own car? Uh, do you realize how unsafe that whole system is and so on with the way it is? So, um, yes, I think this will, uh, this will cause, um, a little bit of discussion. Um, but in the end, I think, um, uh, people will be able, We'll accept it and if we improve it and if we continue to make it better. And it may be already very, 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 very good. And this thing was totally unavoidable. 
Uh, and, um, and so, uh, yes, that may be the case. Um, but probably we'll learn a couple of things from this and, um, and make it, uh, even all that much better and allow the public to be comfortable with it. Life's a risk. Okay. We take risks every day. Uh, this is not, uh, a, uh, an unusual risk to take. And on that note, uh, we're going to close out this special edition of the Smart Driving Cars podcast. Uh, don't forget to get info on the Smart Driving Cars Summit that's coming up at Princeton University this spring, May 16th and 17th. You can find details at summit.smartdrivingcar.com. And you can find us at smartdrivingcar.com on iTunes, Google Play, and more. Look for my tech reports at textination.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with Alan Kornhauser. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Fred.